and welcome to Resi Talks. I'm Emma Rossa, EG's residential editor, and in this episode, I am joined by the founders of build to rent startup, Goodstone Living. You might not know that name yet, but you'll probably recognize who's behind it. Back in February, EG reported that Australian bank Macquarie was gearing up for its build to rent debut, working with essential living founders, Martin Bellinger and Daryl Flay. The pair started one of the first BTR specialist platforms back in 2011. A decade later, their new venture aims to raise and deploy a billion pounds in this fast-growing market. This week, that venture officially launched under the brand Goodstone Living. I spoke to Bellinger and Dana Gibson, co-head of Macquarie Asset Management's real estate team for Europe, to find out more about the new business. So some exciting news this week with the launch of Goodstone Living. So so what is this? Um, And let's start with the name as well. Where has this come from? Um, well, I, I'd, I'd like to tell you that there's some long and convoluted narrative to it, but in reality, there isn't. Um, it's simply that we were we we spent hours trying to think of something that implied solidity and positivity at the same time, in equal measures, and in one of the brainstorm sessions that came out, we all liked it, and we still like it, so we feel it must be right. Martin, this might be the the one project that's taken us the longest. Um, Yes. But we, when when we when we looked at the rest of the market, I mean, not to offend anybody too much, but we thought a lot of the names were sort of kitschy, and um, it t- obviously took a lot longer than we anticipated. But we were, you know, we had an ongoing debate, um, you know, as we were at launching off with uh, Daryl and Martin about whether we wanted to brand each asset, whether we wanted to create a brand, or whether we wanted each asset to stand alone, um, and that had a lot to do with with how we were trying to f- form a name. Um, but we were looking for something substantial, you know, that would uh, indicate two things about, you know, that we were a really strong fiduciary. I think it was a really important part of what we're doing and managing capital, uh, you know, conservatively and, and responsibly. Um, but we also wanted, you know, part of the ethos of the business is to drive some positive change. So, um, you know, it ended up being kind of simple at the end is, is, is the strength of the stone and, and the goodness, just the goodness of it. Interesting then as well, Dana, that you're saying that th- this is one of the ones that's um, taken the longest. For you, when did this all start and how long has this been in, in the making, would you say? Well, that's a good question. I mean, uh, time seems to have uh, stood still, I guess, while we've all been in various forms of lockdown. Um, yeah. I don't know, Martin, I was probably, you know, probably souped nuts about a year, probably, from meeting. Yeah, you know, I think the, I think probably we first started talking actually just about the time that the country locked down in the end of March 2020. That was when the very, very first conversations took place. And um, there's lots of extraordinary things about this uh, announcement, this platform. But one of the most extraordinary things is that um, this uh, this was conducted entirely over this sort of media that we're using now um, during uh, multiple lockdowns, as Dana says. So um, we, we've actually created a business um, a new business during um, some fairly attritional conditions. And um, we're very proud about that. It just goes to show that um, if you put your mind to it, you can, and you have the, uh, the right energy and support, you can, you can still achieve great things in spite of the, uh, the, the restrictions that we've all had to live with for the last yeah. 15 months or so. This all started before the pandemic. So this is not a reaction to the pandemic. This is something that's been a, a longer term strategy and was in the works prior to this all then. 
Yeah, so um, we've been looking at the as Macquarie, um, mm-hmm. you know, before we met Daryl and Martin. We've had a long, you know, we've got a long history in the sector, uh, both globally and here in the UK. You know, residential for rent real estate, you know, it matches in our sort of global strategy. And so we've been looking for the right partner uh, to do this with. Um, mm-hmm. And we were, we were thankful to, to meet Daryl and Martin. Here in the UK, I mean, we helped set up Fizzy Living. We've advised Granger. You've advised, you know, by Radomco Westfield in the past. And so we've had a long survey of the market. Um, so we've just been looking for the right time to enter and, and you know, with the right group to back. And uh, we're, we were thankful to to meet Daryl Martin and, and um, we're really impressed by their vision of what they wanted the business to be like. And I and, uh, thought it was the right opportunity for us. Did you have a checklist of this is what we want to achieve? We want to achieve scale. We want to work with experienced partners. Was there anything like that? Yeah. Um, you know, so our, our business is really, you know, our opportunistic real estate business is, is really about doing just what we're doing with, with Daryl Martin. It's, it's backing best in class operators and helping mm-hmm. them to, to scale a business um, and, you know, take their skill set, uh, which is development and operation and use Macquarie skills to, to build out a broader investment management business. Um, so, you know, it was, it was you know, good, really good, really good fit. Martin, for your experience in the early days of Build to Rent, you were a first mover in Build to Rent and you really helped to kind of define the industry um, as, it, as it started out. What was it like at that point um, and how has it changed now, would you say? Yeah, um, that's true, Emma. I mean, back in the back in the early days in 2011, this was a pretty barren landscape. We were very <laughs> much in a in a church of one. Um, yeah. Now, of course, uh, there's a number of groups who've entered the space. Um, some of those uh, actually have uh, assets operational now. Some of them are still in the pipeline, mm-hmm. but it's a much more crowded uh, pitch than it was when we were, we first. Uh, jogged out of the changing rooms in 2011. Yeah. So uh, yes, there's a there's a huge change and um, it would be premature to say that the, uh, the BTR sector in the UK is reaching the sort of maturity that we see in North America or even in mainland Europe, but there definitely is a degree of maturity compared to those early days. And it, it's interesting um, to see the sector evolve and to see um, the, the the different uh, groups and, and products. It's also gratifying in a way because we were obviously Daryl and I were in there at the beginning at the ground floor. Yeah. And and it, a lot of people at the time thought um, that we were we were slightly slightly mad um, <laughs> and didn't really understand what we were trying to achieve. Yeah. And the vision. Uh, thankfully, now that's not the case, and there's much wider acknowledgement. Of the of the strength and uh, and longevity of this market, and uh, it's you know it's become um, because of a combination of factors extraordinarily attractive to capital as well. Yeah. Emma, can I take can I take a uh, uh, can I ask a question? Take part of your job for a second, of Martin. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> I love this. Martin, was there was when you you and Daryl was there a kind of a spark like a like a one time where you were like this is going to be a great idea. Yes, I think there was actually. I I, I still um, I still remember it. Um, we uh, because from time to time, I think over the previous eight or ten years, people had spoken to us. All sorts of people um, had given us discussions and just almost like pub talk about the possibility of setting up rental platforms. And it was one of those things that you'd have a talk about for about fifteen minutes, and then you'd move on and and not think about it again until the next time it was raised. 
but I do recall that when we when we first started uh, considering this back in 2010, there was a moment where we we suddenly realised that um, there was actually something very substantial in this, and that we were we were looking into something that was going to that was going to change the um, the landscape a bit in terms of the UK residential market. And I think I'd define that as probably just before Christmas 2010. Um, it was about that time when we, we realised that actually there was this huge latent rental market that was crying out for some um, quality management and expertise to take over it and, and deliver a sort of structured managed offer to residents. And it just wasn't there. Mm. And yet this was a huge, disparate and extraordinarily active market. Um, and we realised that someone, and it might as well be us, ought to get in amongst it, which we did. Yeah. Have you, have you got any more questions for um, Dana? <laughs> no, 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 thank you. Feel I free apologize. to jump in at any point, though. That was a great question. Um, I mean, at that point, Martin, you were going through policy, legislation, working through planning, working, developing the product and raising the capital from every angle you were exposed to this and creating this new emerging sector. Yes, I mean, it was it was very, as I said earlier, it was a very different landscape then. There was no planning recognition of build to rent as an asset class. There was no policy recognition of build to rent as an asset class. As As you know, Emma, I spent a lot of my time in those early years getting my shoulder behind efforts personally mm. to create those policies and bring them into effect. You know, I take some small degree of credit for getting a bill to rent put into the National Planning Policy Framework and into the London Plan. And uh, of course, you know, other other groups have now benefited from those efforts. Um, we now, you know, most local authorities and, and policy makers in the in the country are familiar with the genre and familiar with the asset class mm -hmm. and that's a big step on from where we were 10 years ago it's a yeah. huge change how have you found it um, working with Daryl in terms of you know who's leading on the different areas and how has that changed now with the way that you will run Goodstone Living as well Daryl and I have um, actually known each other for over 35 years and we've worked together um, many times during that period so we fit very well. I suppose I tend to do um, more of this sort of stuff and the policy work and mm -hmm. some of the stuff that's a little bit less visible. Um, but uh, I'm, you know, I'm also involved in the planning and the in the concept creation and everything else. Daryl obviously is uh, he's um, much more at the entrepreneurial asset purchase end and, and land identification and so on mm -hmm. but in terms of leadership we work together and always have done and work um, work exceptionally well together to be honest um, I think born of the fact that we've known each other rather a long time nowadays. So 15 months ago Macquarie wanted to get into build to rent in the UK the two came together what was your thinking around that time and, and what had your build-up been like to this point? Daryl and I had been discussing uh, a new BTR platform strategy for nearly a year before we we had this contact. And we were just sort of evaluating how we were going to take that forward, what we were going to do to um, try and position it and attract capital and so on. And then, as I say, this, um, this uh, introduction occurred and now we're sitting here in front of you now. So 
it was it was timely from our perspective but it was something that we'd actually been working on for nearly a year at that Mm -hmm. point so I, I guess what happens next? I guess that question is for either of you. There's a lot of expectation, I imagine. <laughs> Put a little pressure on ourselves. So, uh, I mean, Daryl, we, we you know we've obviously been uh, very busy building out the the Goodstone platform and mm. developing risk management systems and our our ESG strategy and um, and the operations of the business. And, and Daryl um, and Martin have been out uh, sourcing deals. And so, you know, the forthcoming uh, weeks will be making further announcements on on our first sites um yeah. which is which is sort of the you know the exciting part of all this and it seems that you're targeting everything this is ground up development this is forward funding there's MA, there's london the regions have you narrowed it down in terms of asset scale you know is there a particular type of thing that you're looking for with these schemes primary focus is is developed to core uh, mm-hmm. You know, which which is uh, a fancy way to say development, and with the gear towards long-term hold. We, you know, as I mentioned, when we were coming up with a Goodstone name and and how we wanted to brand this is, you know, we want to cast the widest possible net and and don't want to get caught into only doing you know luxury and, or affordable. And every market that you look at has different needs and different wants. And so I imagine, and, and Martin can tell me if I'm wrong. Our products will be differentiated by the market where they sit and the market they, that they serve. Um, and so, you know, that's the primary focus, um, you know, but we do want to get to scale. And, and I think once we get our you know, developments underway, you know, we'll, we'll look to do other things. It doesn't necessitate that we do those, but we just don't want to leave anything off the table. I'd agree with that, Dana. And, and you're right. The emphasis is very much on development. We recognize that to get to scale, we'll have to. Uh, look at other things, but we'll, you know, we'll be opportunity-led in that regard. It's very much development. You mentioned uh, the geography, Emma. Yeah. And it's probably appropriate to say something about that. Um, uh, yes, we are targeting regional cities and regional conurbations. It, that's a function of the fact that we feel the market in those locations is strong, mm-hmm. and we want to respond to that market demand. Um, there is, um, you know, absorption rates are, are low. And we feel that there's uh, an opportunity for um, our product in those locations. Um, and that is a marked departure from what uh, Daryl and I did before, which yeah. was obviously, a, a, you know, more London centric. That is not to say that we're not going to do stuff in, in and around London. Uh, the positioning of the product um, sits well in a regional context as well as uh, a London context. Yeah. So, uh, and Dana's quite right, the product will be tuned to the mm. local market and we're very intent on doing that uh, and responding to what local needs and demands are. You know, development really, uh, you know, it's the core skill set of uh, Daryl and Martin, but it, it it sort of addresses one of the shortcomings that we saw in the market when we've been looking at it and shared Daryl and Martin's vision that a new product sort of needed to be developed and um, we haven't quite figured out whether we're calling that next generation or third generation, but um, as the market in the UK continues to mature, um, the product really needs to be differentiated. Um, and so we have we have pretty stark views on on what the product should look like and how and how it needs to be designed, um, how it needs to be operated. We were using the word better a lot when we we're talking with ourselves, but we're you know we're always talking about better homes and better spaces and mm-hmm. and better service. Um, you know, and we want to design these and you know, I'm getting into Martin's uh, 
play field here, but you know, we want to design, you know, that are built around communities and then also to be part of the community um, and design a little extra space, you know, as we look at hybrid working, I think is something that we're all going to get used to here. And, and uh, I think as we come back to the office, um, most employers are looking at being more flexible in that. So people are going to be working from home. So it's, it has to be designed a little bit to account for the a little extra space to allow people to to work from home efficiently. Um, and as people spend more time at home because of hybrid working, the the actual projects need need to be amenitized in a different way. They need more abundant green space as people spend more time at home. Um, and also when we when we've looked at the market. You know the rental process can be it can be a pretty rough one on residents. Um, mm. it's, it's not always clear, and we did, wanted to provide a, a simpler service and the experience just to be simpler and easier for them to do that and and provide flexibility for our tenants as well. So it was you know I, I don't think there's there's a, a lot of standing stock for us to buy. Um, yeah. You know and that that's that's one of the you know it's it's one of the opportunities in the market is is that it's you know compared to peers and other countries and other jurisdictions it's relatively underdeveloped. It's one of those cases too is is that if you really want to own and get to scale in this market you're going to have to build it. Uh, just talking about the product, I mean Dana, what everything Dana said is absolutely spot on. There we you know the fact is that the product has got to change. The pandemic has accelerated certain trends that were um, underway anyway, particularly around hybrid working, home working. And I think also um, the pandemic has changed um, renters' priorities somewhat, uh, what they're looking for out of a home when they when they look at different alternatives, um, I think has changed markedly. Um, and I don't think that change is going to go away in the short term. I think there's been a sort of um, a shift there in in what people expect of a home and what they want out of it. So I think, as Dana puts it, our developments are going to be amenitized differently. We're going to emphasize um, space. Uh, we're going to design larger units, larger homes. We're going to try and make it uh, to facilitate hybrid and home working and to provide proper outside defensible green spaces, um, not just a small balcony. I'm talking about a proper outside space within our schemes because we think that these sort of quality of life issues are front and centre for most people at the moment after the nearly 18 months that we've all been through. And um, we perceive that there is going to be uh, what I'll loosely call a well-being premium um, attached to this. And we want a good stone building to be more attractive and rent better because it's healthier and more productive and supports the physical and mental health of our residents. Yeah. It's as simple as that. There was a comment actually that you made um, when the news came out um, that really struck me and you talked about that these will be multi-generational and what does that look like um, in practice? I think in practice it's part of the journey to to maturity in the sector. Of course if you um, if you look at any BTR developments in, in North America and indeed in mainland Europe um, you'll see that they are multi-generational, there are different generations living under one roof we you know we're going to try and encourage that in good stone developments as well this isn't just about people who are between sort of 22 and 26 or 26 and 31 or or, or, or any particular cohort naturally there will be larger representation from certain cohorts and it would be you know slightly facetious of me to pretend otherwise 
but we want to have the broadest possible appeal mm -hmm. to the broadest possible marketplace and we're very clear about that. And then in terms of, um, and we touched on it already, but the affordable to luxury, the spectrum, where do you sit on that? Well, I think uh, you have to retain a little bit of breadth. If you were going to put me on the spot, I would have said that um, we probably don't uh, don't perceive it, our product, the Goodstone product, being at the very highest end of that mm -hmm. spectrum. As I said to you just now, we're trying to attract the broadest possible cohort. and it's not just about um, uh, amenity, it's about affordability as well. And to get the broadest cohort, we have to offer a bit of something for everyone, which as difficult that, as that is, is the ambition we've set ourselves. And BTR, in you know, sort of by definition, especially in this market, is, is a bit aspirational. I mean, you're sort of renting you know, renting the lifestyle in the house that, uh, that you can't own. And in the UK, where affordability ratios are some of the worst in the world, right? Um, you know, I mean, I think in the UK, the average time it takes for uh, a first-time home buyer to save enough for a down payment is nine years, across, you know, across the UK. Um, so pe people will be renting longer, um, you know, as people delay lifestyle choices and, you know, starting families, having children, and all that good stuff. Um you know, something that we've seen in the U.S. is people sort of as people downsize um, as their children leave, um, that they've entered the rental market as well. You know, but they want uh, an offering that's that's nice um, and, and it can also be aspirational for them as well. I noticed you said houses then, Dana. Is it houses? <laughs> is it flats? Is it urban, suburban? Yeah, it's very much, as, as you would say here, very much flats uh, okay. and uh, urban and, and uh, edge of urban. But, it, you know, as Daryl says, you know, it's not a uh, a millennial urban only strategy. You know, we, we want a, you know, a broader net. Yeah. And I think just to flesh that out, Emma, what I've just explained to you about um, these being uh, better quality, enhanced size developments with space, outside spaces, that's you know, that doesn't quite square with central business district locations for fairly yeah. obvious reasons. We will be looking at edge of centre locations. That doesn't mean suburban. It means exactly what I just said. We'll be focusing on edge of centre locations. Dana's quite right. It'll be predominantly an apartment typology. Oh, I'm not precluding that we might do some houses, but it will be dominated by apartment typology in various different sizes proportionate to what the market demand is in the locations that we're developing. I know this is just getting started and, and the focus is flats, but would you expand to or would you include senior living specific developments, student housing, co-living? Do you have appetite for that? The other sectors of beds. Uh, yes. Great strategy, yes. Yeah, I mean, right now, uh, from a Macquarie point of view, you know, we're really focused on building out Goodstone's, you know, mm -hmm. core expertise on BTR. Um, looking at other bed sectors, I mean, we, we are exploring opportunities and, and have also done some work in there. Um, but, you know, right now, you know, we've got a lot of work ahead of us, as you might imagine, mm -hmm. with Goodstone. And uh, yeah, so that's our concentration right now. Okay. How does that compare to, to what you've done previously in Build to Rent? This is a first. This is a, a first kind of directly Macquarie investing into built to rent, as I understand it. Direct, yeah, well, directly in the, in the UK. Um, in the so UK. We, yeah, so in the US, we have uh, we have two multifamily, so we, we have a little different name for it in the US. Uh, we have two yep. multifamily platforms uh, in the US, um, sort of across the, the price point. 
Um, and you know, as I, as I mentioned before, in the in the UK, we've um, we've done a lot of advising and and we've raised a lot of capital and uh, helped groups set up their platforms. Yeah, but from a principal investing standpoint, this is our, our first go here in the UK. And then when it comes to building out the business and the corporate side, um, are you hiring at the moment? Are there any areas that you're looking to expand? M and A is on the horizon potentially. Yeah, so uh, building out the team uh, yeah. is you know is an ongoing process and. This is something that we're anticipating a lot of growth in, so I, I can't imagine we won't constantly be in recruiting phase. And uh, we've got uh, full-time six, seven, maybe more. No, I could be wrong on that. Uh, yeah, so we're, we're doing a, a bit of key hires right now. We've, um, you know, a couple of excellent candidates uh, circled right now. So um, that's really exciting for us, to, uh, to, you know, to bring in other people into the platform to help, you know, Daryl and Martin realize this vision. Mm. And then on, on M&A, you know, it's, it's something we'll look at. Um, you know, one of the reasons, you know, we spent a lot of time advising a lot of people and we didn't buy into any other platform and we started our own for a reason is, is we didn't see anything that we were totally in love with. Um, but, you know, it doesn't preclude us. Um, we we want to grow. So, you know, we've got a lot of organic growth planned in our business plan, but, but taking on inorganic growth is, is something we'll definitely look at. And how will that growth compare to the U.S. Um, and the product compared to the U.S., would you say? Are you taking advantage of those existing platforms and that experience, or is this a, a completely localized approach? Development is a, is a local business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, and, and that's really where Daryl Martin come in. Um, the planning process in, in the U.K. Is, is longer than it is in the U.S., for example. So it does take projects longer. But you know, our experience has led us, you know, our experience in Asia Pac and in the U.S. and, and advising people here uh, is, you know, is, is taking the best of the operational experience that we've experienced all over the world. Um, and so the U.S. platforms have, have you know, with technology, so sourcing building materials and using different kind of creative technologies, uh, you know, to meet our, our, uh, our ESG targets. Um, we're going to take a lot of our learnings from our, our previous experience and, you know, we'll, we'll import what we can. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, this is a very unique market and you know there are some things that are peculiar and 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 special here to the uk and you know i think daryl and martin if you um spend some more time with them uh i think they spent a lot of time in, in the early days in the u.s looking at sort of importing sort of the u.s multifamily model and it just it's not totally fit for purpose uh, in the uh, uk and it's just just set up differently i mean one of the really exciting things for us for daryl and i about having macquarie as a as a partner for goodstone is the ability to tap into their global expertise mm. uh, and find the right tech talent and, and operational solutions uh, and digital solutions to as much of this stuff as possible. Um, they've got true breadth across the sector globally, which, of course, we can't possibly hope to imitate ourselves. So it's a real, um, it's a real plus for us having that resource to tap and that uh, reservoir of accumulated knowledge and experience yeah. and that's something that we're hoping to leverage uh, enormously in the development of this platform. Yeah sounds very much if we go back to 2011 you were setting up creating this industry in London and now the two of you backed by the strength and power of Macquarie you're tackling the regions now. That's correct but I think the Goodstone product is yeah. you will find very different uh, in a lot of ways from what we were doing before and and this this mantra we keep going on about about better homes and bigger spaces and better simpler service is going to run through everything that we do um we want to try and uh we want to try and distance it in a positive way from the other alternatives in the marketplace and 
to do something that's that's genuinely a bit different and a move on from mm. what everyone else is doing. I think that's that's probably a great place to finish up. Do you have any questions for each other? <laughs> <laughs> I already I already got mine in. Uh, so. <laughs> Martin, Martin anything wanna... you'd like to ask Dana while you've got him here? I like don't think little... so now. No, I think we've um, I think Dana and I have asked lots of questions of each other over the last uh, 18 months. So um, <laughs> it's been a pleasure talking to you. Emily. Really nice. Thank right, you. Bye, -bye. Bye, -bye. Bye, -bye now.